This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. On our currency in our country, we have this expression, in God we trust. I appreciate the fact that we still have that on our currency. I really believe the place that we ought to have that is in our heart, that we need to trust God with all of our heart, with all of our soul. Trust in the Lord with, and, and rely upon Him heavily. Today we want to talk about trusting in God. To know Him is to trust Him. Please stay tuned as we discuss that today. I'm Billy Lambert. I'm the regular speaker on getting to know your Bible. We do appreciate the fact that you've taken the time to tune in and to watch our telecast today. Thank you so very much. And today we want to offer a free Bible correspondence course to each and every one of you in order that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive the course. We want to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to read today from the ninth chapter of Psalms and verse number 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. I believe that one of the greatest needs that mankind faces today is to really know God. To know the God of heaven. Our world is becoming more secular, humanistic. There's such a need for men to know about God. When Paul came into the city of Athens, as is recorded in the 17th chapter of Acts, he came into a city that had given over to idolatry. And as Paul passed by, he said, I beheld your devotions. And he said, I saw an idol with the inscription to the unknown God. And he said, Him therefore whom ye ignorantly worship, Him declare I unto you. You see, Paul felt that the thing they needed to know in Athens is to know God, the real God, the true God, the one God. And that's the greatest need of a world today. To know Him. To really know Him. A little boy was out knocking on doors, inviting people to come to, to visit with them at the church that he attended. And he would ask them the question, do you know, do you know Jesus? And he knocked on one door and a lady came to the door, very prim and proper, and 
He asked, he said, ma'am, do you know Jesus? She said, young man, I'll have you to know I read my Bible every day and I pray every day. And I go to church most Sundays. He said, yes, ma'am, I know that, but I just wanted to know, do you really know Jesus? Do we really know Jesus? Do we know God? The God of heaven is a, such a wonderful God. He is a God of grace. Matter of fact, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10, He's called the God of all grace. And He is a God of grace. Titus 2 and 11 says, The grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared unto all men. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. God has shown His grace toward man in every age of the world. In the patriarchal age, He showed His grace to Noah and his family. He showed His grace to David when David sinned and committed adultery and he committed murder and God forgave him. It was all strictly by the grace of God that that happened. And God shows His grace now in the Christian age where we live today. He's a God of grace. He's a God of omniscience, meaning that He's all-knowing. Have you ever thought about the fact that the Bible says that He knows the, all the hairs you have on top of your head? He's numbered the hairs that you have. Hey, have you stopped to think that He knows everything there is to know? Acts chapter 15 and 8 says, He's the God which knows the hearts. Acts 1.24 calls Him the searcher of hearts. He's an omniscient God. And He is a God of omnipotence, meaning that He's a God of power. First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 11 says that all power belongs to God. All power. I don't think that any of us realize how powerful our God really is. But He's also a God of integrity. We're told in Titus chapter 1 and verse 2, that is a God who cannot lie. He keeps His word. He's a God of justice. The question is asked, Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? The answer is yes, indeed. And then He's a God of omnipresence, meaning that He is everywhere. He's always present. The statement is made in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 16, Thou God seest me. That's true. Proverbs 15 and 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Isn't He a wonderful God and a great God? And to know God is to trust Him. To know Him as a God of grace is to trust Him for forgiveness. And God is a God of forgiveness. He's a forgiving God. His people in Isaiah's day had broken His heart. They had become backslidden in heart and in life. And yet God said to them, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He was willing to forgive His people. See, that's the kind of God He really is. And in Psalms chapter 32 and verse 1, the, the, there the Bible says that, Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. God is a God who takes care of our sins. He's a God of grace, and He extends forgiveness to mankind. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7 reads, In whom we have redemption through His blood, 
the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. To know Him as a God of grace is to trust God for forgiveness. And He's willing to forgive us our sins when we obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is God's power to save a world lost in sin, Romans chapter 1 and in verse number 16. And when we obey that gospel by believing in the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ and obeying a likeness of the death and the burial and the, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ by dying to sin, being buried with Christ in baptism and being raised to walk in the newness of life, God, who is a God of grace, will forgive us our sins. And bless your soul, when God forgives you, He doesn't do a halfway job of it. He completely, totally forgives you. He said, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In Acts 3 and verse 19, it said, Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. You see, God blots out our sins. He forgives us our sins. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 is written to Christians who need forgiveness. That is, they have sinned and they need forgiveness. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we need to, to have a greater faith in the grace of God and to know God is a God of grace is to trust Him for forgiveness. To know Him as a God of omniscience, that is perfect knowledge, is to trust His guidance. You know, modern man has tried to guide himself. And we've made a miserable mess of it. Made a miserable mess. We have more gadgets today, more technology today than ever in the history of the world. But there are more messed up people today ever in the history of the world. I, I'm telling you, we need to get back to knowing God and to know God is a God of omniscience and we need to trust His guidance. Jeremiah 10, 23 says, The way of man is not in himself. Man needs the guidance from above. He needs God to guide him. Solomon said, There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Somebody says, Well, you know, I think I know what I need to do. I, I think I can do it myself. I've talked to people like that who said, I'll do it my way or no way at all. But I want you to know that you need to know God. You need to know Him as a God who knows everything there is to know about you. And you need to trust that all-knowing God to guide you and to lead you because He knows the best way, best way for you to go. You know, Isaiah 55, verse 8 and verse 9 tells us, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and your thoughts, and my ways than your ways. God's thoughts and God's ways are so far superior to ours, there isn't any comparison. If you were to take the intelligence of all of the people 
who have ever lived from the beginning of time up to the present hour, and you were to come pool all the knowledge and all the intelligence of all of those people, it's just a tiny drop compared to the knowledge, the intelligence, and the wisdom of God Almighty. There isn't anything that God doesn't know. He has perfect knowledge. And it is this God who made man. But man has veered from God. Man thinks that it doesn't make any difference. Man says, well, I'll do it my way. But God says, you better do it my way because there's a way that might seem right to you, but the end is a dead end. We need to let God guide us today. Would you agree with that? Would you agree that we need to follow the leadership of God in our homes today? Think about the dangers that are facing the modern home. People are changing God's will about home today, about marriage, even about gender today. The, the, the home is under attack today. Our children are under attack today. We need to get back to the Bible and we need to start following the leadership of God in the home. You know, Psalmist said in Psalms 127 and verse 1, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. We, we need to get God back in our schools. We need to let God guide us in our schools. And if we would get God back in our schools, we could do away with some of the dangers and threats that our children face day in and day out as they go to school. Their children, they're afraid to even go to school today because we've taken God out of our society. We need to get God back in the church today. We need to trust His leadership in the church. Someone says, well, I don't think it makes any difference what you do so long as you're honest, so long as you're sincere. God says, now there's a way that seems right to you, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. And Jeremiah said, O Lord, I know it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Uh, no, no. It, man needs the leadership and the guidance of God. So to know Him as a God of grace is to trust Him, to trust Him for forgiveness. To know Him as a God of omniscience is to trust His guidance. But to know Him as a God of omnipotence is to trust Him for provisions. Now that means that God is an all-powerful God. And if He is an all-powerful God, and He is, then we can trust Him to provide for us. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You know, it just seems too reasonable to me that God is able to do that. Here's the reason it's reasonable to believe that God can provide all of our needs. Can you name one thing that doesn't belong to God? Psalms chapter 24 and verse 1 says the heavens, the, the, the heavens belong to God. The earth belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. 
So if everything belongs to him, tell me why he can't provide us for the things that we need in life. And Jesus promised that if we put him first in our life, that he will provide for us. In Psalms chapter 37 and verse 25, the psalmist said, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous, righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. His children didn't have to get out in the streets and beg for bread because God takes care of people that, that, that love him and serve him and trust him. Do we really trust God today? You see, if we really trust God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, we'll trust God to provide the things we need for in this life. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. There are people right now that are wringing their hands, and they are worried and they're anxious about the needs of life. And it may be in some cases that that there are legitimate reasons for their concern. But you see, we need to have more faith and trust in God in these slim times that some of us may be experiencing today. I believe with all of my heart that when you put God first in your life, God is going to provide for you. Abraham was called on to offer his son Isaac upon the altar. And that's one of the most beautiful stories there is in all the Bible, found in the 22nd chapter of Genesis. So Abraham took his son, he took the wood, took the fire, and, and there were those going with him who took his son, and they are on their way out to Mount Moriah where he was to offer his son. And they got a distance away, and he told the other people with him, y'all stay here because the lad and I are going yonder in worship. And they came to the spot where he was to offer him, and he bound his son on the altar, and he, he raised his hand. He was about to plunge the knife into the body of his son and take his life. Now we learn in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 17 to 19, that Abraham believed that if he were to take the life of his son, that God could raise him up from the dead. He believed that. That's how much faith Abraham had in God. But God supplied the, the sacrifice in the place of the son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, meaning the Lord will provide. Now you think about this position that Abraham was in. Here he was called on to sacrifice his son. And he was about to do it because he had such faith in God. We talk about faith sometimes. But we don't know whether we have faith till our faith is put in the fiery furnace of trial and, and trouble. That's when our faith comes shining through. And Abraham's came shining through. And so he named that place Jehovah Jireh. And that meant the Lord will provide. And whenever we, we get down to the last straw of life, let us maintain our faith in God that somehow, some way, the Lord is going to provide. We do our part. God is going to do His part. I believe that for two reasons. I believe it because I've experienced it in my life and in the life of our family. I believe it, number two, because that's exactly what the Bible teaches. We put the Lord first. And all the necessities of life 
are going to be provided. We may not have everything we want, but we'll have enough to sustain our lives while we live here on this earth. To know God as a God of power, of omnipotence, is to trust Him for special for His provisions. I think that touches into the realm of God's providence, that all things work together for good. To them that love the Lord, to them that are the called according to His promise. But no God is a God of integrity. Is to trust His promises. And God is a God of integrity. God keeps His word. He's honest. He cannot lie, Titus chapter 1 and verse 2. He keeps all the promises that He makes, 1 Kings 8, 56. His promises are exceeding great and precious, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. And if we really know God as a God of integrity, and we trust Him as a God of integrity, then we can trust Him to keep His word. And He keeps His Word every day of our lives. He even said that His Word will not return void when we teach it to other people, Isaiah 55 and verse 11. He, he's promised that, that He will give us all the provisions we need in this life, that all things will work together for good. That's a promise, Romans 8 and verse 28. He, he's promised salvation to those that believe in Him with Son, repent of their sins, and are baptized. And when they're saved, they'll be added to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Acts 2 and verse 47. The church is made up of people, not a building. Building is just a means to an end. You could worship under a tree or a tent. Or you should work, worship in a barn if you needed to. We, we need to realize that God is able to help us with all the things of life, anything, aspect of our lives. We've got to trust Him. Trust Him as a God of integrity. He'll keep His word. And to know Him as a God of justice is to trust His threats. Now, we don't like to think about the threats of God, but let me read one to you. Amos 4 and verse 12. Prepare to meet thy God. That's a threat. It's a threat in that we're told that one day we will meet God. I think if you put it in the context of Amos chapter 4, it was talking about a temporal meeting of God in judgment. But there's going to be a final meeting with God at the last day, on the day of judgment, when Jesus Christ returns. And we'll meet God on that occasion. And to trust God as a God of judgment, uh, justice is to trust God that He will keep all the threats it has ever made to mankind. Amos chapter 4 and verse 12 is just one of those threats. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 says, And it is appointed unto a man once to die, and then comes the judgment. God is warning us that life is so short and so brief and we need to trust God and trust His justice that, that He's going to do what is right about us. And we need to trust the threats that God has made so that we will be prepared when the end comes for us. 
It's appointed unto a man once to die. The judgment after that. At the end of time. Romans chapter 14 and verse 12 tells us that so then everyone shall give an account of himself to God. One day I'll have to give an account of myself to God. I'll have to give an account of the sermons I preached. And that's a very sobering thought that I'll have to stand before God one day and give an account for the sermons I preach. That's the reason I don't want to preach anything that I cannot find in the Bible. But then to trust God's omniscience or His omnipresence rather is to trust Him for His care. Omnipresence means that God is always there. And if He's always there, we can trust Him to help us regardless of the circumstance in which we we may find ourselves. He knows all there is to know about us. He knows us when, when we're on the pinnacle of victory in our lives. He sees that. He knows us when we're down in the valley of despair. He knows that. He knows that when we're in the furnace of temptation. He knows that. He knows when we're grieving and our bed is bathed with the tears from us because of the loss of someone we love more than life itself. He knows that and he cares about it. He knows us when we have some life-changing decision that needs to be made. He knows that. God is omnipresent. Let me tell you what that means. We are never, ever, at any time, outside the care of our God. He is a God who loves us and cares for us. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Casting all of your care on Him, for He cares for you. He cares what happens to you. He cares that you're hurting. He cares that you're suffering. He cares that you've got decisions to make in your life. And we can trust a God like that. He's a God of omnipresence. He's always with us. We're never out away from His presence. And we can trust Him to help take care of us. You can believe that. My mother had a saying when she wanted me to remember something she said and she would tell me, William Lloyd, you can write that down in your little day book. I don't know what a little day book was. I don't know that I've ever owned one. But that's something you can write down in your little book that God will take care of you. To know Him is to trust Him. Do you know Him? Do you know Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Are you willing to turn away from the sin in your life? Are you, would you stand before men and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And would you allow some servant of God to baptize you? But here's the reason. Not because Brother Lambert says so, but because the Lord Jesus said, He that believeth, number one, and is baptized, shall be saved, number three. He that believeth and is baptized, shall be saved. That's found in your Bible in Mark 16, 16. I want to thank you for watching today. Call for the Bible course and visit the Church of Christ in your community until we meet again 
May the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.